Happy Friday, Andy Hoare. Welcome to Friday's Between, everyone. It's Master B2B. All right, Andy, it's a good, good Friday here on uh, November 3rd, uh, 2023. Excited about our topic today on our Friday 15. Every week we do this, and um, <clears throat> Andy is my uh, co-host co and, and co-pilot here at Master B2B. Andy, good to be here with you today. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, actually. This came out of a conversation that we had at one of our peer-to-peer -peer roundtable discussions last week, and it just sort of arose spontaneously and became a fascinating conversation. So we said, we got to talk some more about this. So that's what today's topic is all about. That's right. We're going to talk more about uh, about the world of managing and, and working together at different generations. But uh, hey, Andy, before we uh, we get into that, we have some uh, folks really Oh, that man! All right, so I don't know if you saw yesterday, but Shopify and he released their earnings, uh, and their shares rose twenty-two percent. Incredible growth! Um, you know, Shopify, obviously one of the most uh, uh, fastest-growing and most pervasive e-commerce platform companies. They're a solutions company. They've done a lot of different things over the past few years. They acquired fulfillment companies and they divested those fulfillment companies. They were looking to create kind of an FBA, Amazon FBA type service, and then decided, I guess, that that wasn't so profitable, <laughs> and they got rid of that. But then they really grew; they knocked it out of the park, which is fascinating. But you know, what was interesting, Andy, is it's all B two C. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah and I, I think you know they've been dancing here with the idea of B two B for some time. Usually, when things don't go well, their GMV drops, the B two C tends to cool off, and all of a sudden they get very interested in B two B. But it doesn't feel like they're consistently interested in B2B or they're committed to B2B, which is not to say they won't ever do B2B. Right. Uh, because there's a massive opportunity. And we know companies like Big Commerce and others are are Magento, you know, are, are trying to go on the lower end. I don't mean like micro businesses, but SMB mid-market. This is right. where they have an offering called Shopify Plus. But I've just not seen them committed to doing B2B. But like I said, they could turn on a dime. I just think it's in their DNA to do B2C. When you listen to them talk, their CEO is all over the place. Whenever he talks about it, he's always talking about small businesses. He mentioned some big logos, but only in the context of B2C. Yeah, when I talked to them um, uh, in the past about it, um, it was really about you know, the brands that they, that are their consumer product brands, like CPG companies that are using right. Shopify, you know, accommodating some of their B2B needs inside the platform has really been the, from what I've seen in the conversations I've had, has been the goal of their B2C side and they are B2B side and they have introduced some features, but really Andy, yeah, to your, to your point, um, it, B2B is not something it's completely absent from their earnings release, at least from what I saw, um, nothing that they talked about regarding the b2b side of things so they're kind of leaving this to you know a lot of the other software companies the ones that you evaluate in your in your combine right at paradigm yeah. and so um yeah i i i you know but i'm really interested because and in, in continuing to follow shopify because at the end of the day it's i i think highly of this company i think they do a good job they they've, they've really captured the bc market well and i think if they got serious about it they could be a real player in b2b well and <clears throat> you know they there are people within shop shopify that are interested in b2b right. they acquired a company called handshake several years ago oh, yeah. and i think it was the, the, the yep. idea of creating a b2b offering and they've dipped right. their toes in it they've done some things they've created maybe basic hierarchies they have you know mm -hmm. 
some native functionality that will get some companies by, but it's not industrial strength, not today. Right. And it's not going right. to work for companies that have to do custom catalogs, custom pricing, that kind of thing. Again, that could change. I mean, when you're worth as much as they are, they could buy a company. They could, oh, they sure could. They could sure build could. something pretty quickly, but I don't know if the commitment's there. I keep coming back to that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it evolves. So we're going to keep our finger on the pulse there, guys. So our topic today, can Gen X and Gen Z actually communicate in the workplace? You know, it's funny, Andy, I got this, uh, you know, we posted this on LinkedIn as we always do. And we got a couple of folks saying, hey, you know, why'd you pick Gen X and Gen Z? What about all the millennials? Well, we did this intentionally because we were looking at two sides of the spectrum. Think about Gen X. A lot of the folks that are in management roles, senior level roles are Gen Xers. These are folks that you know, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm 52 years old. The, the, the people in my age range in their 50s um, typically are the folks now managing a lot of the folks that are coming into the workforce. The Gen Zers are the younger crew. And we have some we have some, uh, you know, some age ranges here in a minute. But um, yeah, so this is a great topic. And Andy, it came out of our conversation last week, right? A little bit. And, and the roundtable. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> like I said, kind of I don't know if it evolved or devolved into a conversation about the right. challenges of communicating because these were all Gen Xers talking yeah. about the challenges of communicating with Gen Z, which was, I think, challenging enough, right. but it got even more difficult with the pandemic. Right. And right. So, and then you've got, you know, the the big quit. You know, you've heard people talk about that where they just don't want to not Gen Zers, but people don't want to work. So it's a tight labor market. Yep. You've got people who are not really committed to doing the work. It's hard to communicate. And all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Got yourself a, a cauldron of challenges. <laughs> well, let's share let's share a little bit of data. This is from uh, Resume Builder a statistic. Seventy four percent of business leaders, and a lot of those business leaders are Gen Xers now. Seventy four percent of business leaders report that they find Gen Z more difficult to work with than other generations. And the and the report continued. This group tends to feel entitled and demonstrate a lack of effort, motivation, and productivity. Other than that, they're, other than that, they're great. <laughs> That's fascinating. And then another statistic here, this one from Gallup, 54% of Gen Z employees are ambivalent or not engaged at work. So, you know, I mean, wasn't this in our 20s though, Andy? I mean, did we, you know, did we Yeah, but you know what? There, you remember this term that emerged earlier this year called quiet quitting? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. nobody in our generation was quiet quitting. You may have wanted to, but you weren't in, you weren't actually able to do it. But because people are working remotely, because I think they think, hey, if this job doesn't fulfill me every minute of the day, then I'm wasting my time. I saw a a, a no joke. I saw a a posting. I think it was on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Somebody in our generation, Gen X, had posted this this woman who was a Gen Zero who said uh, she was crying and she said. If I'm working from nine to five, when am I supposed to live my life? Wow. Okay. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, that that's why it's called work, right? But <laughs> I think this is a real challenge. Now, there's a lot of benefits to the Gen Z, uh, you know, generation, the way they approach things. But, you know, this is a clash because the Gen Xers, I think typically we were the latchkey kids. Yep. We were the, the kids that, you know, our, both our parents are the first generation for both parents to work. Right. So we're more independent. We're more capable of taking care of ourselves. We're not great with community, which actually is an interesting, hmm. you know, challenge for us working with a generation like Gen Z that is dedicated to community. They grew up using social media. We've right. 
grafted it into our, our work styles, but it's not something that comes to us naturally because we're very independent, very entrepreneurial. So you got these two groups that have very different approaches to the world. Right. Who are now actually working together. Right. Well, and the question, Andy, is, can, does, you know, who has to adapt and how can, can these generations actually communicate? This, this next piece of data here, um, and for those of you who are listening on our podcast, we're looking at a, a, a you know, a description of how each generation communicates, starting with baby boomers, moving through Gen X, millennials and Gen Z. And it's interesting, Andy, looking at the like, kind of the two ends of the spectrum here, baby boomers in phone and in person, Gen X, email and text is how they want to communicate. If we move over to Gen Z, you can communicate using online face to face. A lot of these folks started working during the pandemic. I mean, we're talking about people in their 20s, like early 20s, right? Mid 20s, and the, and you know, born between 1997 and 2015. So these, there's a dichotomy here on how people, you know, want to communicate. And the question is, can we close the gap? And then who has to adapt here? Does Gen Z or does Gen X? You know, and some of our baby boomers, by the way, they're in they're in senior leadership roles still, right? Yeah, you know, they're the most senior people, the chairmen of the board. You know, in some right. cases, if you're just over basically 58, 59 years old, you're a baby boomer. And so there are plenty of very senior executives who are still kind of that baby, the tail end of that. But it's interesting if you look at this, one common thread between the baby boomers and Gen Z, hmm. I'm sorry, Gen Z, <clears throat> is that they actually like to communicate face to face. It's the two generations in the middle, Gen X and the millennials that actually prefer not to communicate face to face. Interesting. You know? uh, yeah. And so at the tail end, they actually do agree on some things, but mm -hmm. the boomers are about to tread out of the workforce. It's really now about Gen X and Gen Z. And you want to hear something that's really bitterly ironic about this. You, Our audience has probably already concluded this. Most of Gen Z are the offspring of Gen X. <laughs> Right. So true. not only is this challenges communicating in the workplace, I think this is challenges communicating at home. Oh, that's hilarious. Right. Hey, it's it's your own problem, Gen X, right? You cause <laughs> right. We cause it. That's right. Well, you know, and I guess the question too is do we need a kind of a translator, right? I mean, do you do do you need someone in the middle here to actually translate Gen Z speak to Gen X? There's a really funny um, um, slider information here that you pulled, Andy, and why don't you describe it for our podcast listeners as well. What's Gen Z's take on OK in written communications, the word OK? Yeah, so we always reply to everybody and they say, what do you think about this? Or is this going to work for you? And say, OK. But it turns out there are several different ways to write OK, including capital O, capital K, capital O, small K. The yeah. word OK, OK, A, Y, OK with a small K with an exclamation point, <laughs> K, no O. And then the one that's kind of emerged recently is KK, which is capital K and small K. Now, you wouldn't think that there would be that much difference among what is communicated by each one of these statements, but apparently there is, because according yeah. to Gen Z, OK with a capital O and a small K is called the classic answer yeah. but a capital o capital k is considered i kid you not this comes to us courtesy of alex alvarez from buzzfeed who compiled this capital o capital k is considered aggressive wow okay i guess okay. it's because the second k is capitalized 
I don't know. The one that the one that I find really funny is just the word K alone, just the letter K alone, capital K, is so mean, so closed off, and so judgmental. That's right. <laughs> so don't reply in text or email with just K. I just did that the other day, by the way. Uh-huh. In reply to something, I realized I've committed a cardinal sin here. But <laughs> But you just have to, I guess, warm it up with just adding a small K after that and say capital K, small K, because that's considered casual and easygoing. So all, so all we can agree on the word OK. <laughs> right. Yep. So so the funny thing, Andy, is, I mean, this is like um, to me, and I don't know if there's a, an awareness amongst Gen Z that, hey, you know, the Gen Xers, they just don't get it. Right. It's it's we don't we don't understand how to speak this language. And so, is there a some grace extended by the by the folks at the in the Gen Z or not? And you know, Gen Gen Xers, right? As you're because that's most of our audience. Most of the people listen to us here yeah. are Gen Xers. Um, you know, do we need to be mindful of some of these things as we're communicating? Um, and you know, Andy, you made an interesting point even about communication style and the way that the, you know the, the the younger generation, Gen Z, actually doesn't ask for help. Right? They're they're, yeah. they're so used to self serving. That's another thing that I think Gen Z needs to be aware of, right? Why don't you describe that for, for the audience? Yeah, well, this is what actually spawned the conversation last week is a bunch of Gen Xers were sitting around talking about communicating in the workplace. And what came up was junior staff, which are Gen Zers, they have a tendency, again, we're generalizing here, <clears throat> to work on a project. And then when they run into uh, you know, a stumbling point, they just continue. Like, for example, if they've been told to go get some information, they go to Google and the information's not there. They'll just keep looking on Google and keep right. looking on Google and keep looking. And the problem with that is not with persistence, but the problem is after a period of time, it's clear the answer isn't going to be found on Google. And so the, right. the way to go is to go ask somebody, ask an actual human, but they don't do that. They don't stop. And they don't go ask a human because they grew up as a generation where you could just find everything online. And so one of the attendees at the round table was frustrated because he said, I give them a project. They go spend hours on this. It was supposed to take 30 minutes and they wouldn't think to come back to me and say, Hey, I'm running into a problem. Do you have some advice? That's where you run into a communication yeah. problem. Right. Right. And, and, and so we have to be mindful of those things. So we, as managers, so we asked the question, Andy of LinkedIn, we said, you know, can these generations communicate? Can Gen X and Gen Z actually communicate effectively to get things done in B2B? And actually 78% of our poll respondents this week said, yes, it, communication is possible. It's not too much of a barrier. Only 22% said that. So look, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, these are these kind of generational differences will continue to persist. Gen Z will be dealing with, you know, Gen double B or something in, <laughs> in 40 years. When they're the managers, uh, you know, senior level executives, uh, and they'll have differences, right? You know, who knows? They'll all be, you know, dealing with AI robots or something. But at it, right, very number numbers driven, I suppose. Uh, but at any rate, the so this is fascinating, though. I think the bridge can be gapped. Uh, the, the 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 gap can be bridged. Excuse me. And uh, and and you know, we have hope here. So I just think it's you know it's it's important for us, and I think for both generations to adapt. So we're just coming up on the end of our time here, Andy. I did want to highlight a couple of things um, that we've got coming up. Uh, first off, we have our 2024 B2B e-commerce predictions coming on November 14th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can register to see what we think is going to happen 
2024, not twenty. And I heard a rumor that Nostradamus may actually show up. I think he might. Yes, he's here on our slide. Hello, Nostradamus. So we predict uh, <laughs> that uh, we're going to have a nice uh, uh, turnout for this and a lot of folks interested in what we have to say. We're going to be talking about AI. We're going to be talking about a number of other things in these predictions. So exciting. We'll have some special guests on that webcast as well. You can go and to our website. Get the first prediction is that that document will say 2024, 2024. predictions. That's right. Not 2023. So the folks who can see this, yes, 20, <laughs> it's our document from last year. So uh, we also have um, some fantastic round tables. Uh, we have uh, we just, uh, and you had one in Chicago last, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, which was wonderful. Um, had some great folks there, Eric Rail, some others. Um, Atlanta next week, uh, November 8th, we're talking about AI. We have 25 amazing executives joining us from all different kinds of companies. Kimberly Clark, Cooper Lighting, uh, a whole whole group of folks. Uh, Napa, Napa, yeah. Napa Auto Parts, General, uh, General Parts will be there. Uh, really a fantastic group. Um, and these we're doing, folks, next year as well in multiple markets around the country. So I encourage you to take a look at our website. We'll have a page up soon with all of those dates uh, coming coming up will be different different cities around the uh, around the country, not the world yet. Um, and then our master B2B forum, go to masterb2b.com, select a forum. It is the the uh, place where people network and ask questions of other practitioners. It's only practitioners free to join. If you're a qualified practitioner, you can submit your information there and we'll we'll review that and get you into the forum. We were up to oh gosh, almost 400, I think, in the forum now. So yeah, that's right going quick so guys this is uh that's uh that's what we've got this week for uh our friday 15 we will be back uh next week for another uh, friday 15 episode at noon um eastern time any final words for our, for our audience uh mr hork yeah we once again we're at 18 minutes 18 minutes we gotta make this friday 18 <laughs> all right everybody we'll see you next week thanks for joining today see you then